How can artists be productive without burnout? We discuss this and more with special guest Jonathan Presley on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, overworked procrastinator. And with me as always is my dashingly disciplined co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and let me think about this. I'm gonna kind of go with yours, but um, I was trying to, I don't, I think you're wrong. I don't know if I'm an overly disciplined co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a spurts of creativity and inspiration. Uh, Fair uh, enough. So, yeah. Random acts of genius. Yes, I like that. Yeah. You're welcome. Or as as um, Lou calls me in front of the show, idiot savant. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, that can be your, your fourth little moniker. Exactly. When we get t-shirts, you yeah. can start idiot savant. can be one of them. So, well, anyway, if you guys like our brand of fun, thinking deeply, uh, where can people find uh, go to find more of that? Yeah, well, just real quick, uh, if you want to find out more about us, please head over to the over thinkersjournal.com. We have articles, uh, bios about ourselves, what we do, and hopefully some um, updates on live events coming very soon. We'll have some guests and, and meetups and stuff. Uh, as well, we have a great Facebook group. We're talking about all the fun stuff that we talk about on the podcast, but with about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other overthinkers. It's on Facebook. It's called The Overthinkers. And we have memes, articles, videos, discussions with really goodwill. So please head on to that group. And I think that's it for now. Cool. Well, with no further ado, we have with us today a very special guest. He is a writer, filmmaker, entrepreneur, and founder of The Young and Rising, a website featuring advice and guidance for young professionals by young professionals. He is the assistant editor at Manifest, the 2019 content marketing agency of the year, and social meeting and marketing manager of video game startup Third Pie Studios. He is the jaunty, the jaw-dropping, the jovial Jonathan Presley. Jonathan Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Thank you. That's, 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 a, that's a lot of J adjectives. It, it is. How, try, how, I, how I, long I, are you in the dictionary? <laughs> I have a, this fancy thing called Google <laughs> that I that I do uh, five minutes before the show. So, okay. <laughs> Google, uh, th- awesome. Yes. Uh, thank you. Anyway, thank you very much for being here. Yeah. Well, I want to give a little um, preface as to why we had uh, JP, Jonathan, on the show. Um, So Jonathan is an artist and writer like ourselves. And um, but what you do so great is if you follow his Instagram, which you should, um, he posts stories that regularly show the things that he's doing and the accomplishments he has made. It's almost yeah. like you have public accountability for your work in yeah. creative pursuits. Constantly doing creative pursuits and regularly posting about the updates. And whenever we look at them, we say, wow, he's being so much more productive <laughs> than yeah. we are. So we decided on this episode, in which you're about to find the topic, which you've already read, if you've you know, clicked the click update, the, yes. Yeah. But we need to have someone who is really an expert and good at how to make artist practices. And there was literally no one else in mind. We both said, oh, of course, JP. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'll get the intro out of the way. All right. It's very hard being productive as an artist. Art can be a chaotic venture. And on top of that, most creators, when they're starting out, aren't getting paid for their work and have to fit it, them in with their already busy work schedules. But even when they have more time, that doesn't automatically make them more productive. A recent Hollywood Reporter article 
titled Despite Solitude, Screenwriters, uh, Lockdown Wasn't a Creative Boon for Screenwriters, described the disappointment many screenwriters felt due to how unproductive they were, even though they had much more time during lockdowns. At the same time, creatives are experiencing the toxic side of working all the time. According to Forbes, burnout is on the rise in America, with 52% of respondents reporting burnout, including 59% of millennials and 58% of Gen Z, who respectively were at 53% and 47% pre-pandemic. So, like I said, JP, you are one of the most productive artistic people I know. You're constantly producing creative content on your own time, even when you're working for jobs that actually pay you. How are you able to maintain productivity in your creative life without experiencing burnout? Yeah. So first off, I did experience burnout for a long time. Mm. Um, yeah. It's only been recently that I've like learned to balance it more. So like, yeah, like back to the Instagram stuff. Um, I, yeah, I started posting about my writing every day, uh, February 1st, 2018. So I've been doing it for over three years at this point. Wow. Um, but at that point I was, uh, I was in school. I was at the King's college undergrad. Um, I was playing basketball about to start, um, track season as well. And like taking 18 credits and everything and something had to go. I'm not letting my grades go. I want to write at that point. I put like my goal for writing as a thousand words a day. Um, which takes time yeah, um, yes. <laughs> and I had the sports commitments and everything. And so the thing I sacrificed was sleep. Mm. I do not recommend that. Um, <laughs> I sacrificed. Yeah. And like, I, I averaged like four hours of sleep during college. Um, then after college, like I was, um, I was like working like PA gig for in the Heights, which is about to come out, which I'm excited about. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so excited but, about that. Yeah. But like that was like 16 hour days and then two hours of travel. Um, and then like I was full time grad school. And so like during that time and then like working elsewhere after that, um, I <laughs> I took two hour naps at night. Wow. Um, during Jeez. the weekdays. I'd take oh, two hour naps, goodness. wake up like 5 a.m. or so, and then I just crash on the weekends. Mm. So all that to say burnout is real <laughs> I understand yeah. it. uh don't recommend it like don't sacrifice your sleep um i think one of the ways to uh do like to to not experience burnout is to just kind of take account of your days so okay if you're working eight hours a day and you're sleeping eight hours a day that means you still got a whole other eight hours and so hmm. what are you going to do with that? And kind of like, just kind of pencil that in. And on the weekends, that's 16 hours. Yeah. Um, and so if it's something that you're passionate about, that you really want to do, that you're willing to do for free, and that's why you're actually doing it, um, then you're going to make the time. Um, and like hmm. you can just like put it in a calendar schedule, whatever, whatever works for you. Um, but then also, it, it, like if you schedule it, it doesn't have to be sporadic. Oh, I'm just going to do this here. You can do that as well, but putting it in a schedule kind of allows you to see on paper, oh, I might be burnt out by that time. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm doing this mm-hmm. for four hours here, like especially like you if it's predict like, yeah, how eight, you're gonna be and where you'll be exactly. emotionally, mentally. Exactly. And then like if you wanna you like schedule in a break, schedule in watching a movie, schedule in going to a movie now that theaters are opening back up, like whatever <laughs> Man, the yeah. case is for you. Um yeah, I think scheduling is one very useful thing. Um and then two if you truly enjoy something and you're doing it because you're passionate about it, not just because you're good at it um, mm. or because others say you should do it, I think that uh, burnout can be more rare just because you mm. actually love the thing. 
it actually gives something back to yeah. you as you're in the creating exactly. process. You actually exactly. get energy from it. Now it's interesting. I picked up on something you said when you were talking about all these things you were doing a few years ago. You had the sports, you had the academics, uh, you had the creative projects, yeah. and you said something had to go. Uh, and for you, that was sleep. And yeah. well, that probably, as you're saying, would have been the wrong thing that needed to go. <laughs> that is a realistic thing that we are limited human beings yeah. with limited amounts of time with which to give to these pursuits and passions. Yeah. And that can be really frustrating sometimes um, because we have all these desires and, and visions of what we want to do and what we want to accomplish. And then we come up against the, but I only have a certain amount of time and energy and space with which to accomplish these things. So part of it, and kind of what I'm hearing you saying is you have to learn um, and through scheduling, you've, you've found this, you have to learn how to prioritize what you most want to do. And mm -hmm. then you have to learn what are the practices and what are the scheduling things that you have to do, the practices I put in my life, they'll actually get me to these things. But you have to learn what you can and what you can't do. Does that make sense? Yeah. And is that kind of what you're saying? Which I think is interesting, which is yeah. really frustrating, especially for artists who have all these ideas. But it, it, there is an aspect of how do I learn how... Uh, how do I learn how to choose what is most important to me? Have you yeah. come up against that in your creative endeavors where you've had to give up things that you really love because you've had to accept your limitations? I think I'm still learning to do that now, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That's um, fair. Very honest. I, I'm still, I'm still young. Um, and like really until the pandemic, I was still doing that whole sleep thing and operating fine-ish I'll say I won't say like a hundred percent like I was <laughs> I was operating well um, with that like two hour naps every day um just like a year and a half after that I'm still young but my body's not letting me do that anymore like I just I just <laughs> ah, I literally yeah. can't and it's frustrating because I like oh I used to be doing this thing or this thing mm. like oh like I want to write for four hours I'll just write between like 10 and 2 and that was a no like okay I'll just do that and it was easy now not so much <laughs> Yeah, um and so like having to kind of prioritize um and so it's really just okay well um if i only have this set amount of time which one do i want to do more yeah, yeah. it can be that <clears throat> simple like which one do i want to do more um and then if there's other things okay well like there can be other considerations like if you're doing a project with somebody sure. or what were your commitments what's a timeline or like deadline for this thing um and kind of figure it out that way because some things are like it's going to fluctuate there are things that you'll have yeah. to uh prioritize at different times even though long term the priority may be different um but yeah what do you want to do more what most excites you what uh breathes life back into you um what are you talking to your friends about or not talking to your friends about but like it's in your mind and you don't want to mm. talk about it till you actually do it go do I the love thing. that i because there's you're paying attention to your passion because we yeah. you know we live in an age in which we always have so many options about what we do and creatives yeah. for better for worse we're good at seeing all these different things we could do like right now i have three scripts in my mind that i'm like oh i could write that that's an interesting thing i could do that and so sometimes they get stressed like what should i do first what should i do but i love the advice is and it's simple but it's really true what do you want to do what most excites you and so as i'm thinking over the things in my mind um, because I have all these options and realizing again, I have a certain amount of time and energy. It is an interesting concept to think about, well, what am I really, what am I most passionate about? What story would I most want to tell? What project yeah. would I most want to be involved in for a long period of time? And it sounds almost too simple, but I think it's true, uh, in actually listening to your desire because your desire will tell you things. Uh, cause I have before 
thought that I should work on things like you said, because other people told me I should, or because, well, maybe this will make more money, or maybe this is what I should do next, as opposed to this very simple thing of what do I want to do? And I think that's a valuable thing in learning to decide what in your limited amount of time and space and energy, what I should spend my time on. Well, this is very interesting because you've said a bunch of things that I think are really, really key and really interesting. And Nathan picked up on one of them is like recognizing your limits, like as you're a limited being, like there's like, there's only so much time in the day and there's only so much energy you have. And so you have to prioritize. Um, I also think I really liked what you said about, you know, if you're doing this, it means you're willing to do this for free, you know, to a certain degree, it's like, cause you're passionate about it. And this is, we were talking about this before the show. There's a quote from the movie, the agony and ecstasy uh, starring Charlton Heston and, other famous, uh, Rex Harrison, Rex Harrison, uh, Rex Harrison, um, where, and it's a conversation they had between uh, Raphael and Michelangelo, uh, the artists, not the turtles. I'm afraid popular culture has successfully eradicated the actual identities of the true poets of art. Um, It'll be done when it's done. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Well, well, that's that's a whole other thing between Rex, <laughs> between the the Rex Harrison and, and Charles Heston. But um, uh, but uh, Raphael says Michelangelo is like we have to convince other people to pay us what we would to do what we would do for free, and that is the mm. universal struggle of every artist is somehow to be able to do that. And that's the thing is. This is something that you love and it gives you passion. It gives back to you. And that's why you're doing it. But you only have so much time to do it because you have to spend your other time doing things that are paying you until you can do that. And the ideal, ideally, is to make those both the same thing. The thing that you're passionate about be the thing that's paying you. But people aren't always able to do it right away. And the the that sort of leads to the other aspect of this, which is that this is thing um psychology today actually had because you said that like look if it's if it is something you are passionate about it's going to be giving back to you and this is the actually interesting thing psychology today has this whole section on burnout and what they say is that actually burnout typically comes from not overworking it does come from overworking but a lot of it comes from overworking with something that's actually not giving back to you interesting that it's not something you're actually passionate about it's not something you actually love or you're happy doing that's what actually causes most of the uh, problem with burnout. So, you know, a lot of times we actually turn our passions into work and do it in ways and do it in things. Actually, it's not fun for us anymore. And so that actually, and, or if just you're working on something so long, you're not seeing the results from it, yep. you know, that is something that can steal some of the fun out of, mm -hmm. um, work on something you're passionate about. So I think I would I sort of ask you a couple of questions sort of is that because a lot of what you've been saying is, just make the decisions of how you're going to regulate your time to uh, to and segmenting your time, doing it on purpose. Don't just do it haphazardly. Do it on purpose, scheduling it out as a way. So and decipher what you and want decipher to what you want to do. Where are your priorities, and then lay it out systematically. So I say, how do you do that in a way that is effective? How do you make those decisions about what's important to you, and then figure out how to schedule your time in ways that are effective? Because I've tried to do that, but I'm for me the difficulty with art is that what I put in is not going to be necessarily what comes out because I can work a long time on something, but it won't necessarily give a lot of return very quickly proportions to how much effort I put into it. But then also sometimes I can just do it really quickly with, you know, right. and so how do you figure out how to prioritize and then the most effective way to actually get results out of what you're prioritizing? Well, and before yeah. you answer, I'll, I'll put on top of that. It seems like, cause um, again, go follow uh, JP on, on Instagram. It seems like 
and I'm guessing, totally guessing here, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the reason you post your results, your daily results of what you've written, what you've done, is to have some kind of uh, almost like a public accountability, like I was saying earlier. It's like a way that you can know for yourself and you can show others. You have you have this accountability that you uh, people know what you're doing and how you're working and that, that you can stay up with these promises and desires and goals and other people can see them and so they can offer you accountability, friends and, and other people. Is accountability a part of figuring out how to do that? Yeah, so... For me, the accountability isn't a part of figuring out the passions and everything else per se, um, but it is exactly like it is accountability um, to make sure that I keep on them. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, like as you mentioned, like I got people who like if I haven't written by like this, like winding down to midnight, different people will hit me up like, hey, what's really? up? Like, written today. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend like will be doing something, and like, like ah, I don't feel like writing, but like, hey, you gotta write, you gotta write. I, I yes. wrote this morning. Don't mm. worry about it. Like, it's, <laughs> like uh, I like, have so proof. Like, I can show yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different people are <laughs> oh, kind of give me accountability that way. Um, and then if you want to be one of those people who just like you know badgers me, uh, I am JP Presley on Instagram. Elvis spelled the last name wrong. It's two S's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, accountability that way. Um. And then you never know who's watching too. Um, I have mo- multiple people have reached out random times, just like, oh, like thank you for doing this. Like now mm-hmm. I want to do this. Or like I see your dedication to this. I want to do it in this completely other field. Um, so that's great there. And it's like accountability for myself, but then kind of them too. It's like, oh, if he's doing Absolutely. this, I'm going to do it. And kind of matched up, even if they don't post it online. Interesting. Um, that's awesome. Back, yeah, thank you. Uh, going back to uh, Joseph, your question with regards to the passions and kind of figuring that out um what makes you want to get up in the morning hmm. like if i don't want to get up in the morning to do something why am i doing it hmm. sometimes it's a paycheck and like you need to get food on the table like yeah like is is there a project that you're excited about waking up to do hmm. um and then prioritize those and uh, and like prioritize them like, okay, well, if I'm excited to wake up and do this, not necessarily work. Okay. I'm going to wake up and do this before work. Hmm. Um, if I can't stop thinking about this thing, like if at night I'm thinking about this thing nonstop, okay, I'm going to work at it at night, right before bed. And then maybe again in the morning when I wake up, since I'll be thinking about it all the time and kind of schedule it for like, like almost to like motivate your actions. Hmm. Um, I think, I think. I think and you kind of got to be, this can be dangerous if you take it to an extreme, but I believe that we can treat our side projects and everything as our main thing and have our nine to fives be our side hustle. It's just mm. a structured side hustle. Mm. If you want this thing to be your full time, then treat it like a full time. Mm. it's like a mental paradigm shift right right and so like okay the work is like here and like kind of non-negotiable but like if i want to do these other things then do these other things and do it around work um at whatever like works best for you and so for me right now um i wake up do my devotions uh go to the gym come back try to write before work 
uh, might write on my lunch break. I'll have my notepads and everything else as I'm thinking throughout the day. I might just like, okay, quick five minute break, write something down. Mm. Um, and then after work, uh, like I'll do like, thankfully, like with the uh, third pie studios job, like that's something I can do on my time. And then like with social media and everything, I can schedule stuff. And so like, depending on the mindset I'm in, I will, uh, either work on that or work on, um, my own writing and kind of continue with that. And then later at night, um, whereas I used to write almost exclusively at night, um, now I've been doing a lot more in the morning and then again at night if I can. Um, and like, I'll do that. And then afterwards, like watch a movie or something else to kind of relax or just take myself away from it so I can think and process. And then if I need to go back and edit something real quick, then I can. Um, but yeah, really prioritizing in terms of what am I excited to do? What, like, what am I waking up? Like mm-hmm. what, what's waking me up in the morning? Like, why am sure. I getting out of bed? Um, especially on weekends. Like yeah. it's so easy to sleep in, especially when you don't have work. If there's something that's gonna get you up on a Saturday, do that thing. Yeah. Um hmm. and then I think um too with passions, like sometimes they can fade. Okay, if this if you're no longer wanting to get up and do this thing, why? Hmm. So is it's investigating. Can, right. Um, is there yeah. a way you can get back to that? Like, is it just like you're you just need like a mental break from it? Okay, awesome. Is the mental break from that though, meaning a mental break from your practice altogether or not? Like, so for me, I have, I work on a lot of different things at the same time because I'm always going to be passionate and want to get up for one of them. Yeah. Ah. So like some days I, I just need a break from this novel. Okay. I'm going to write some poetry mm. and like, okay. Like I said, it's a recalibration. Um, it's something different, stretching my mind different ways okay. and getting a relaxer. Uh, but then at the same time, I'm still working. I'm still training uh, those muscles. That's interesting. I like the idea because this is something that I have found actually helps me a lot is having just a practical advice that you brought up is having multiple things at once. Yeah. And that can sound overwhelming to people, but it, to me, it's actually very comforting because like you said, there can't, you can't experience burnout or lack of inspiration or whatever it might right. be, or maybe the inspiration fades. But when you have multiple things, um, there are multiple things that you can keep on getting excited about when one isn't bringing you the fruits that you want it to. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say you have too many things that you're spending your time on, but it is to say, have a few things going at one time um, that you can be constantly investing in when one isn't doing it for you at one point. Yeah. So you always have something to keep that muscle working out, that muscle of working exactly. on something. And I also want to touch on, um, before we move on to kind of the, a different side of this, is um, you, you said earlier, if you are passionate about it, you'll find time to do it. Yeah. And then Joseph, you talked about the goal of pretty much every artist is to do the thing you love that you would do for free and get paid for it. Yeah. Now, I think what I've seen having lived in LA and New York for a long time as an, an actor, writer, and filmmaker, is I've seen a lot of people want to move to LA, move to New York, um, or uh, and become immediately a famous actor. Yeah. You immediately get paid uh, to write a book. And I remember, you know, I come from a family of authors and writers and, and my mom, she gets all the, uh, very often she gets people saying, well, how do I become a writer? I want, I have an idea for a book. I want to write the book. Well, have you, have you written a book before? No. Um, <laughs> are you working on this book right now? No. Are you building an audience? No. And so a lot of time people have this desire um, but they don't have the desire that should accompany it, which is actually to work the practices. Yeah. And so a lot of time, right. you know, I can't remember who it was as an actress who was who broke out in something. This is back in the back in the day, 
and she broke out and she had this big role and um, I think it was Johnny Carson or someone said, wow, you're an overnight sensation. Uh, and she said, well, that felt like a really long night because she had been working <laughs> for 15 or 20 years to get to the point where she could be an overnight yeah. sensation. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is this, uh, this isn't an instant thing. This, right. Any success you see typically with anybody we respect, any author, any filmmaker, any actor, there was decades and years of work being put into acting classes and writing and practice and late nights. And so, you know, part of me wants to say, um, oh, yeah, you know, the natural talent, you'll, you'll get there. But a big part of it is, and I think actually supersedes natural talent, is hard work, is being disciplined in these practices. It's like you said, waking up, finding the time when you're going through your schedule. Um, and talking about this paradigm shift of, I don't see my job as the main thing, my creative pursuits as a side thing. I see my job as supporting my, cre my creative pursuits. Those are the things I want to do. My job is my side gig that supports my creative things. Yeah. So right. you can actually continue actively getting excited about your creative pursuits, but in continuing to work on them, that is the thing that ultimately brings artists to a place where they actually support themselves with their art. But it takes years of actually implementing these practices to focus on your art, to work, to practice, um, to every, to a place where you can be a quote unquote overnight sensation. Well, and that's, that's something there's, um, a documentary called the comic, I believe it was, which was, uh, which had was Jerry it? Seinfeld. I, 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 yes, it was Jerry Seinfeld. And he was a paralleling him with a young up and coming comic. Oh, right. And he was, it was Jerry Seinfeld right after he just finished um, the Seinfeld show and he was going back on tour and stand up. And he had a conversation with us of a comic and the comic asked him like, how, how long do you have to be a comic before you can expect to get really big success? Mm. And Jerry Seinfeld says like, said, well, you can't think of it that way actually getting to do your work has to be your definition of success. Uh, and one of the things I was thinking about is that, you know, I, I already, I, I talked about the thing like, Hey, you want the thing, this to be the thing that makes you money. So you have more time to do it. But the thing is you're not, it has to be actually writing. If you want to be a writer, writing has to be the reward. You have to like actually write. Yeah. So it's like, you know, a lot of people, we've discussed this before when you brought up that story is that a lot of people don't want to be a writer. They want to have written a book. Yes. Or don't want to be an actor. They want to, be they want to have been in a movie. Yeah. And so the thing is, you know, it's like, okay, like what does it take to be somebody like JP that like has, you know, the discipline to like keep writing all the time. We have to actually enjoy writing. Yeah. Like yeah. writing has to be something that you enjoy doing and that actually gives something back to you. So are you actually enjoying the thing you're so doing? So this isn't a sacrifice to get to do something else. That's partly what right. I'm hearing you talk about is like, well, yeah. I enjoy getting up in the morning and getting to write. If you're in love with the journey, the destination is bound to come. If you're just mm -hmm. trying to get to the destination, but you hate the journey, you're probably never going to get to the destination. Wow. That's a, that's a good sound by right there. Well, and the <laughs> thing is, I have seen this play out in, in Hollywood, in New York City for the past decade that I've lived here. Yeah. I've seen people really want the destination. They, yeah. I want to be famous. I, I have talked to people. I have my Oscar speech written. <laughs> I have, um, I can't wait till I'm a New York Times bestseller. And so, oh, that's great. What do you doing uh to do that yeah and oh nothing much or i'll say are you doing extra work you know so you can become a famous actor no extra work's boring i don't like it well why not you have to be willing to put in these hard work and these long days if you ever want to get to be you know on the oscar stage you have to be willing to be a blur in the background but a lot of people don't want to uh invest that time 
in, in these things they say they love when it turns out like you were saying, Joseph, ultimately it looks like they might not actually love these things. They might love what these things will offer them right. if they were at the destination, yeah. but the journey they don't have much interest in, which is interesting. Right. And I, I think you have to be honest with yourself too. Cause like, we're kind of saying like, Hey, like angle is doing this thing full time. And that's not necessarily the case for all passions. Oh, like for me, that's a great, good thing. I'm passionate about basketball. And for a long time, like, really really pursued that accordingly like got to play at the collegiate level mm. now i'm still passionate about it but i'm not trying to make that me <laughs> i'm not trying that's to play really overseas good. at most like i'll i'll go play street ball like that's mm. <laughs> but it, like i'm passionate about it. i can still watch it uh watch nba i'm still following it and everything else but i'm not trying to make a career off that that's a good that's point fine. Uh, same with your creative works um Sometimes like you're passionate about something um, and it can be a hobby. Yeah. And that's that. Like for me, mm. I've become passionate about poetry. I never thought I'd say that, but I've become passionate about mm. poetry. That's really cool. Am I ever going to like put out like a chat book or something? That's not a desire of mine. I'm not like, honestly, mm. that's not a goal. Of mine. Mm. Um, but you can still but, do it because it gives you joy right, to do it. Right. Um, and so like, if you're just, honest with yourself about that like what uh like okay you're passionate about it awesome what are your goals with that passion mm. if it is like and like because destinations can be different and yeah. uh, a lot of people can kind of have it forced on them oh if you're doing this thing you need to go here you do this you do that and like no like for me i enjoy acting um it's tough to say if i'm passionate about it right now sure. but like at times maybe um it is not a goal of mine to be an <laughs> Oscar-winning actor. It just, um, if I were like a, a supporting actor in a semi-big indie film one day, dope. But like, I don't. I, like, yeah, I'm not trying to be like an Academy Award-winning actor. And like, also like the passion for this one is a lot lower than other passions. Like, sure, I got yeah. to, and like part of that too was actually going and testing it out. Like, I got to mm, be an extra. I got to be an extra on uh, West Side Story, and that was phenomenal. Met this. Uh, oh, that's awesome! Man. Yeah, I got to. I met this young man who's here in the city in school now, and like, like got to see his passion for acting. Like he and I, really, really just stuck together all three days, and like they put us in way too many scenes as extras and everything else. <laughs> but it was it was awesome, great experience, and I realized, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, nah, I'm good. Like, I, I'll do it here and there, but I do not want to do this full time. This, well, so this is, is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying go, go is, for it. Yeah. I think we probably think the same thing yeah. right here is um, before you set the, before you decide what you want to test things out. Yeah. And um, you're going to say this better than I, but uh, explore the different things yeah. you might be interested in and really decipher what it is you love and want to do. Yeah. Don't just look at the end goal of like you're saying, being an Oscar winning actor, yeah. try, try being an actor, try acting, try writing. Is this something you can do long-term and you really want to yeah. do and investigate your passions and decide which is the one that brings the most to you as you're doing it. Well, and the thing that I've been noticing is that you're, you're saying these two sides of this, which is that there's a lot of introspection that has to happen where it's like, what do I really want? What are right. my goals? What, why are, is this a goal of mine? What, you know, what things am I passionate about and what, uh, and, and what is the end goal of it? So there's a lot of introspection, but then there's a lot of actually going out and testing in the real world. Is yeah. my idea of this thing 
the same as what it actually is out in the real world. And those are things that both with the goal and what you want and what your passion is, but also how you prioritize and the ways, the techniques that you use to um, actually get those goals accomplished. There's got to be a lot of what do I really want? How does this really work for me? But then also, okay, I got to try a bunch of things to see what I like, but then also what methods work for you. you. Um, so that's, that's a really cool thing to see that you've done that. Let's see you spent your life saying like, what am I passionate about? Okay. What am I willing to do? Do I love this? And then once you figure that out, implementing steps and taking the steps to, um, to go and, and do it. But you have to, before you do that, count the cost. Exactly. That's what a lot of people don't count. It's like, I want to have written a book. I want to have been an actor. I want to have done this, but the cost is something um, that, that is very real. You, yes. and I think before you jump into anything, you investigate and say, is this something yes. I'm willing to pay with my life and my time and my energy to accomplish? You have to count the cost before you jump into any creative, um, or, or professional endeavor. You have to know what it's going to ask of you and require of you before you jump into it, because almost everything yeah. great that anyone could accomplish in any field yeah. will take a lot from you. It'll and, take a whole life of energy and, and dedication. And one thing I want to get into before we sort of move on is that, you know, one thing is to make sure that, you know, you don't think that being a glorified person, a person that is worthy of honor and respect and love is um, predicated on you doing something Mm. like your art. Because a lot of people, it's like, why do people want to have written a book and not write a book? It's because they want people to treat them the way that they treat um, people who have authors. written best-selling authors because they want to be a person that's worthy of that kind of respect and honor and praise. And I think that, so you know, one is a whole different thing. Exactly. And so the thing is, I think if thinking about, if you will actually believe you are worthy of those things, even without those things, you can actually prioritize better um, what, what you, you actually want to do. That's great. Now I want to go into a little bit of the flip side of this question, please. And you've you've experienced a little bit of this. It sounded like, and we, we live right now. As I've been scrolling through TikTok, I've noticed this trend that's been happening, and I think in large part it's a good trend. Uh, mm-hmm. I see a lot of kids kind of taking on this ancient Stoic philosophy and implementing their life with these practices. I wake up at five, I go on the run, I read uh, for an hour, I eat this healthy breakfast, I do this thing. Uh, you know, they're trying to be productive and use their lives and their time well. But then I see this other side of TikTok, which is yep. all these kids making fun of these kids. And, if, and um, you know, like, well, I got up today and I ate ice cream and went back to sleep. Obviously these are two extremes, but I think <laughs> what they're trying to say is a lot of people tried this and failed or felt like they failed. And because we talked about burnout earlier, yeah. they ended up on the other side of this place where I tried this thing and what I found was sure it worked for a month, but I ended up burning myself out yeah. and I couldn't do it. And actually that had negative right. effects on my productivity because I, it's like um, the, the, the turtle and the, the rabbit um, story. The, the, the hair tortoise and the, the hair. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's the same thing. You're yeah. right. Tortoise beats hair. Why? These spooky guys don't know what they're talking about. But one ran fast to burn himself out and fell asleep and the other ran steady. And so, um, and so how do we run steady? I yes. guess is yeah. the question. How do we make sure that one, um, yeah, I guess I want to ask you, has, have you found that burnout or 
has affected actually your productivity? And two, how do we make sure we don't burn out as we're chasing our dreams? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so for how the burnout has affected my productivity, um, that's a good question. So I might not do the work as quickly or uh, I'm either going to sacrifice on speed or quality mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm burnt out and like I'm still pressing. Um, I also might be more irritable or other things. Mm, yeah. I'll just like be in like bad mindsets, uh, make more grammatical errors, whatever the case yeah. may be uh, during that time. Um, but then, I'm sorry, could you repeat the second question? Um, it was how, how does burnout affect your um, productivity? And then what do you do to avoid burnout? Right. What are things uh, that you implement or even, yeah. again, practice? So you talked about practices to be more productive. How do you, what practices do you do to avoid burnout? Yeah. And to stay healthy. And to stay healthy, on yeah. Your, on your journey. Yeah. Um, acknowledge the different seasons of life that you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there will be some different seasons. Like, um, I was not able to write nearly as much as I wanted um, as I was in, like, a very bad mindset and everything else, like, between January and February this year. The reason I was in a bad mindset and just things were rough. Yeah. Our landlord, um, back when I had roommates, like, we had uh like he kind of forgot or maybe on purposely or purpose excuse me uh didn't pay the any utility bills for two years wow all that shut down so we had no hot water no gas no heat none of that for a month oh my goodness i brought down the weight of the law on him but like that was still a month. <laughs> so, and that's a lot of effort and yeah. stress. Right, right. And so and like mental stress and all exactly. that. Yeah. And like typing on a computer when your fingers are freezing, uh, that's like yeah, it's, a little it's, harder. It's rough. Oh yeah, yeah, this is in the winter. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right, right, winter right. Here. Like like yeah, like showers are taking me like three times as long because I'm like going and like thankfully we still had electricity because we actually paid for that. So like I'm going and like boiling water with that, putting wow. it in a bowl, soaping a washcloth Jeez. in, like putting a towel, like oh my out all these things. And so and all this is going to take from you. Yes. Right. right. I, yeah. I, I knew that I'm not hitting my writing goals this time. <laughs> like I lowered my writing. And then I lowered my writing goals for the next month. It's like we were still kind of mm-hmm. in that situation. Um, and so like, just know the season of life that you're in. It might not even be that extreme, but Hey, you're about to go to a whole bunch of weddings. Like it's that season. So like, yeah. okay, you're going to be traveling. You're going to be engaging with these people, alter your goals accordingly. It doesn't need to be a thousand words each day. Like, so, um, when I had started like writing each day, um, like, like that first month, February of 2018, I was writing a thousand words a day. I told you everything else I was doing at that time. I quickly learned this is not going to be able to keep up to the end of the semester. So the next month, I lowered it to 500. And I was able to do that 500. And between those two months, oh, look, a finished novel. Um, but I got still, I lowered that and I needed to lower it. Some, some months, um, I'm working on different projects and have lots of goals. Uh, sometimes those goals are lower. Um, and then sometimes, like now, um, it's just one thing. So like this month, um goals like to still work on it every single day and then to write forty thousand words this month um that's the only goal not reading a certain number of scripts not writing certain number of poetry or any of that stuff like i actually have a month where i don't have too too much to do um outside of uh like my commitments our current commitments um 
and I want to get this done. So like I can actually put more time into it now. Okay, I'm going to do it. That's really good. So that that aspect of, of forgiving yourself for and acknowledging your humanity, it's like forgiving yourself for not being a superhuman. Acknowledging I, reality. Yes, too. is I think an amazing thing. It's like, look, oh, I'm in an incredibly stressful time in my life. Yeah, I'm not going to be as productive as normal. Well, you said something interesting. It was, I can't remember what it was exactly, but adjusting your expectations, yeah. adjusting your practices yeah. for the season of life you're in. Yeah. Lower your expectations a few. And uh, I was listening to a fitness expert recently and he's talking about people with health goals or fitness yeah. goals. And he said, there's this mental thing that happens when let's say someone has been on this journey of trying to become healthy or whatever, and they miss a day at the gym. This can create this thing in your mind. You're like, well, I guess I better give up. Yeah. Or they go on vacation for a couple of weeks and not be able to hit the gym and they go, well, I get back, you know, I already ruined this. I'm, who cares? I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to work on this anymore. As opposed to, he said, we have to learn this thing. Um, pretty much exactly what you said, adjusting our expectations to the reality of life. You're not going to be able to get to the gym every single day or every single week, but when you can do. Yeah. So it's giving yourself grace without judgment and saying, this is a human world. Things are going to happen. I have limitations. I will always be able to, but I can adjust my expectation for what I can do for the different seasons of life I'm in. And I think that has helped me because, you know, when I'm writing a book and I have a, um, and I, and I have this vision in my mind for what I want to do. I will want to immediately, I have all these goals, like we've talked about earlier and yeah. set all these goals. I have to write this one a day and it turns out life always conspires against me. And it's always very difficult to um, reach my goals. What I have found is one of the secrets that really has helped me is, um, is I will set a goal for like, I'm going to, I'm going to write for two or three hours a day. And very often I fail that, or it's not even possible. Yeah. What I found that helps me is I call it the 15 minute rule or the bits and pieces um, uh, part of if you have 15 minutes, even if you don't have the three hours that you wanted to, don't give up on the 15 minutes. Because yeah. 15 yeah. minutes a day over the course of a year or 10 years, you will have numerous yeah. books. I am really bad at, at reading. I have ADHD, I have dyslexia. This is something difficult for me. And I used to set all these goals. I'm going to try to read two hours a day. That's something that's not even um, that's not even possible for me to do realistically, maybe a couple days here or there, but I, I readjusted my goals for the reality of who I am, the mind and how I read yeah. and my own mental neurodivergence. And I said, I don't know if I'll be able to do two hours a day of reading, but I can read 15 minutes a day. That's yeah. something I can do before I go to bed every day. And lo and behold, by the end of the year, I've read, you know, 20, 30 books yeah. just with that little increment amount of time builds up. And we don't always think about it because we think, oh, this is insignificant. It's 10 minutes here, five minutes there, an hour here. Uh, when in our mind, we want to do it three hours a day. But allowing yourself to have these, the 15-minute rule, the incremental yeah. um, building will actually add up. You know, they have all these statistics about um, how many years we've spent doing different things. They talk about, you know, we, yeah. at the end of our lives, many of us will have spent five years in the shower. And because all this time adds up. Yeah. So yes, of course, make goals. Yes, of course, say I'm going to read or write or act or, or whatever it is on my art for three hours a day. Yeah. But if you don't have three hours a day, if you didn't get to it, don't give up on the 15 minutes. As I, I think that for me, what's been always been helpful is both ambition and gratitude of having those both those mindsets. Because on the one hand, it's like, I, I it's really motivating for me to have really ambitious goals. Be like, okay, I'm going to do do this. I'm going to make this. I'm going to do all these things. And then of course, inevitably I don't do as much as I wanted to do or thought I was going to do. But then I take a look back and say, okay, but how much did I actually accomplish? Can I feel proud of that? Can I feel grateful yes. for that? Yeah. Was that still something that I can say, be excited about that I did? Yes, because I did still do a lot of things. So being able to 
motivate myself with ambition, but then reward myself for um, the gratitude for what I was able yeah. to accomplish has been some of the best stuff mentally for, for getting me through those patches. Okay. So you have the last word on anything right. else and you'd like to say, and then we'll, uh, we'll yeah, couple, uh, wrap up there. Couple things. I think it's a couple things. So first, I think it's a fine line mm -hmm. um, between like with regards to the whole uh, self-forgiveness thing. Because yes. you yes, don't want to give yourself, like, let yourself off the hook to the point that you let yourself off the hook for doing yeah. squat doodly. Like that 15 minutes rule is like really good, like to do something. Yeah. Give yourself like everything, do this, do that, but like try to try to do, do something. something if you can. And yeah. even if there's a day two, you can't. Okay. But hop back on that horse. Hop back on. Yes. Like you're not, you're not, um, if you're forgiving yourself for uh, not doing something the majority of the time, mm. you're not really forgiving yourself for anything. That's what you're doing. Mm. Like that's, your, that's where you're at. That's your habit. Um, but yes, that's, that's, that's that. your and habit. Then, yeah. Yeah. And then um, the other thing kind of ties back early in the conversation um, with regards to passions and why we do things. Um, just kind of a warning. Um, are you like, this goes to the whole uh, acclaim thing. Yeah. Um, like are like going for the destination. I think it's in as humans inherently we kind of want recognition. Yes. And so like that's what a lot of times when we're looking at this destination, we want this reward, we want this thing. Um, and so just like making sure that you're willing to do the thing without recognition or like whatever mm, yeah. the love is. And sometimes if you have dueling passions, which ones more are you more passionate about, even if that's not recognition. Yeah. So like part of the reason I was interested in acting, uh more than I am now and everything was because hey the actors are actually seen yeah writers aren't like you're not like you get to see someone act on stage and like a lot of people don't care about the writer or whoever yeah. else um and that can be true for a lot of different realms um even on the basketball court like the flashy score or whoever else yeah I'm fine being the passer and like I'm fine having no points and having like like bare minimum assists even if I do like the dirty work and we win okay awesome similar with like the writing I am perfectly fine writing you could stick me up in a cabin in maine like trap me there for the rest of my life <laughs> it's a fantasy uh, of mine i, 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 I really about maine, maine. whenever no, somebody does no, a cabin they pick maine yeah. <laughs> no 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 shade against maine or anything I'm, maine, I'm sure it's a beautiful place but it's that cold but like uh but like i like you could i'd gladly like be secluded there for the rest of my life making bare minimum as long as that's still a livable wage and I get to write what I want and do all that stuff, even though I'm not seen. Like, I do not care about that. I want to do this thing. Um, and so I just like, yeah, put that as a warning for people. Like, again, the why are you really doing this? Investigate um, what you truly yeah. want, what you truly desire. Don't tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much. This has been really helpful for, at least for us. I don't know if the audience will get, I'm sure they'll get a lot of things. <laughs> I but I'm, our but, audience will actually really like this. But like, it was really helpful for me. So that's that, at least that there's that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, now we're all moving on to our segment, Blesses and Curses, where we pick a piece of art or something that we want to recommend to people or tell them to stay away from, which is oddly enough, giving it more publicity. But I, so, you know, but regardless, yeah. doesn't matter. Um, so uh, Nathan, do you have your stuff or you want me to go first 
Um, I have uh, some stuff that, yes, I will recommend. Cool, go. Uh, so I have been researching the ancient philosophy of Stoicism. Mm. I'm not quite ready to say how, how How sophisticated is it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite ready to say I am a Stoic, but I do find some really interesting things in their philosophy. So I'm, I'm essentially blessing the works of Marcus Aurelius um, mm. and Seneca because they have this really, in, in talking about artists and desire and, yeah. and get in productivity and things, uh, one of the aspects of stoicism is implementing practices in your life yep. that will make you a better person. Yep. But the entire philosophy of stoicism says you're not looking elsewhere exterior uh, to exterior things to fix you or the world or anything. You're looking at first yourself. What can sure. I do to become a better person to be a a? Because that's the stuff you can person. control. Again, and we're talking about what do I really love aside from? And they were the uh, the ones who said you give up. You, you don't seek fame and money. You look into yourself and say, what, what is something um, that I want? What are my yeah. true values? And so it's not perfect, but I do think that um, the, the philosophy isn't perfect, but I do think as I've been reading through some of the excerpts from yeah. Marcus Aurelius and Seneca, there's some really great mental things here for any yeah. artist, any entrepreneur, anybody who wants to um, engage in the world and discover yeah. what they want to do. Um, and it helps us not blame the world or external yeah. things for why yeah. we're not accomplishing things, but it helps us look at us and learn how to make practices. And also it helps us yeah. refine what it is we actually want to do, what our values For our are. modern world, there's a lot of great wisdom in the Stoics. I, I absolutely yeah. think so. And I've only scratched the surface, so I'm excited to do more. Um, my curse is gonna be, uh, it's a book called The Secret by- <laughs> That's and, a good curse. And yeah. Listen, I know that a lot of people like this. I'm interested to hear, JP, if you, if you like or don't like it, but it's essentially it started the philosophy that we've heard um, in the past, I don't know, maybe 20 years. It could be older. But I, I had a lot of friends, especially in LA, who really responded to it, and it's about the law of attraction. Yeah. And if you visualize things, there's there's good things here, by the way. I'm sure, not saying sure. it's all just bunk. I think it is good to visualize what you want. Yeah. But I think, as we were talking about earlier, what I found in practice, at least anecdotally in the people I've known who took this philosophy on, they visualized and that's about it. Yeah. And so if I make a vision board of the car I want, the wife I want, um, the career I want, the awards I want. Then, then it will just come to me. Yeah, I can sit and eat Oreos and have the yeah. vision board and keep on visioning it and it'll just happen. Right. Trust me when I say that when you dream a little harder, you're sure to think what it does is it takes a lot of um it, it takes you out of reality which is reality says to get to those it's good to have a vision but it takes hard work and it takes yeah. finding that and so i also think it's really rough because like you know it it it's it, you know sometimes the world is a bad place and bad things happen to people even who like visualize yes. well you know so it's, it really does put like all the blame on life on like people just not like attracting the good things into their life yeah and i feel like it's people wanting religion without religion yes <laughs> basically yeah. it's people wanting to pray but not to god but really like not liking the god person yes and usually when it and i found that and again this is anecdotal and the people i've known the visions are often very selfish. Yeah. It's, I want a car, I want the model, yeah. I want the award. Yeah. And very rarely does this I'm gonna visualize good for other people. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> very rarely does that, um, does that take form in their envisioning and it doesn't inspire uh, yeah. its believers towards action. So I will yeah. uh, curse. It's selfish without even the hard work selfishness. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. it is an interesting, it's a book, it took, oh, and so, Billions of copies, and I understand why. Because again, anything 
there is truth in it. Vigilant right, yeah. things is good. It seems yeah, it's just the first goals. part of it. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so that would be my blessings and curse. That's a good one. That's good. Okay. So I will do um I'll do I'll do it. It's all three movies I'm doing. I'm doing two blessings and one curse. Um I'm gonna bless brought up earlier, Agony and the Ecstasy, because I think classic. it's it's one of it's a classic film of 1965, I believe it is, and it really is one of the it's been one of the mo- movies about artists that resonates with me most about you know the the t- chug between something that's going to pay you and the people who are paying you versus your own like your own what you are doing art for, and then you know and and that tension that exists. I think it's just described in there better than with, for all the movies by artists and indie filmmakers trying to describe their own inner soul and what that's like. This movie from 1965 seems to have done it for me best uh, than anyone ever. So if you're an artist and want to, something resonates with you, definitely watch that. Um, I'm also going to bless uh, Saving Mr. Banks. It's another movie that I love about. It's about the creation of the Mary Poppins movie, sort of just the author and her relationship with Walt Disney. A lot of it is romanticized, of course, but they use it to describe again why an artist does what they does, you know, both, you know, in, in how it makes the world better by helping them to, helping to interpret the world in a way that makes sense of the brokenness. Um, I think that uh, showing both Walt Disney and the um, author of Mary Poppins, how they both do that is I think beautiful for artists. Of uh, Curse, I'm actually going to do a movie we just watched recently, Cruella. Interesting, uh, okay. Because we, we talked about this, last, talk this last time because we were we did our, our show on anti-heroes and we were gonna, about to go watch this movie. And I'll say this one thing. First of all, just artistically, they didn't know what story they were, were they were telling. Were they telling a story about an, a misunderstood hero, an anti-hero or a villain? They couldn't decide. So that's on that part. But also they do get sort of wrong what it actually means to be a great artist mm. because there's a line in there that you know the the villain says you know that um everyone is either an 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 obstacle is there's there's just you who could be successful everyone else is an obstacle and to a certain degree the movie affirms that because the only way you know the movie because again the movie can't decide what it wants to be but there's a certain degree it's like everybody who's successful in the movie gets there by getting rid of their obstacles in the way. And the thing is, the problem is, yes, again, in anybody who's a, who works in business, like one, of the, one of the first things they teach you is, and you know, you went to Kings, you, you probably know what we're going to say, is there are competitors, but there are also collaborators mm-hmm. and there are customers. And like, there's a third category is that you can, yes, there are people you compete with, but there are also people that you work with. And that's in order to be an artist, you can't, a successful artist, you have to realize there are other people in the world and you're going to have to work with them. And that's part of the joy of it as is to say, okay, who am I competing with, but also who am I collaborating with? That's and why we begrudgingly had a podcast with two people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Yes, exactly. And yeah. so is, I think that that's another, a way that artists often get caught up is not realizing that collaboration. They think they have to do it all on their own and they want to do it all on their own because then they get all the credit. And I think that they, that it's much more healthy to realize that artistry is a collaboration. That's not just you versus them. I think that the movie does because it's so messy kind of affirm that in what it's doing. I didn't know we're thinking I liked it. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. No, no, Yeah. To your point, like artistry is a positive sum game, not a zero sum game. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Awesome. um, Well, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll go if that's cool. Let's do it. Uh, do it. Yes, of course. I'll, I'll bless um, Tim S. Grover um, and his books, uh, Relentless and Winning. 
Um, mm. Winning just came out. I haven't read it yet. But Tim Grover is uh, the trainer, uh, the guy who trained Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, wow. Dwayne Whoa. Wade. So um, he has a resume to play. Yeah, <laughs> he, ha- he has a resume. He has a resume, and like he really dissects uh, the mindsets and like the just the principles that they all had and that he had, and that like, people can have in any realm, whether that's sports, business, artistry, whatever the case may be. Um, and this, like, just a little bit about him. I think this this may tell you more about him than like being Michael Jordan's trainer or any of this other stuff. Um, he was so focused and like getting things correct and like just doing the nitty gritty stuff that needed to be done. He was an outside trainer. So like he wasn't able to like get bulls games and everything like, so he record the games or be there in person and to make sure that he was able to create the most effective programs for Michael Jordan. He'd literally sit there with a step counter and he'd count every single one of Michael Jordan's steps in the game and not just the steps, but how many times did he jump off his right leg? How many times did he jump off his left leg? Oh my goodness. All that stuff. Uh, like, did he fall, trip, stumble here, all that, so that he could create the perfect training regimen um, wow. accordingly for the next day. Jeez. Week, all that. Um, and so just That's dedication. Like, yeah. It's, it's dedication. Um, some might say it's insanity. Uh, <laughs> There's a it's, fine line. Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's phenomenal. Highly recommended. I've read Relentless. I need to get and read Winning. Um, it's spelled it's spelled with the with the one instead of that first i so w one n n i n g oh okay oh, just a heads up yeah, for nice. people just like if they're searching for it very cool. um and then i will curse not this entire movie because i actually enjoy the movie but the main character um who happens to be played by bradley cooper in the movie the words it's a 2012 movie Yes, we uh, just talked about this a while ago. We cursed this okay. movie. This is double cursed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're gonna have to sometime rank like how many things get cursed <laughs> yeah. on the show. Two time yeah. cursed movie. Yes. Go but ahead. Yeah, like I, I appreciate like his dedication for a lot of parts of that movie, like and working on his craft and trying and everything, even when it wasn't going well and getting mm-hmm. all these rejections. And then he found like this great uh this great novel, like in the journal and everything. Um, and he typed it all out by hand. I'm not even mad at that part. Like a lot of people still do that today, writing out by hand their favorite author so that they can understand mm. their language better, so that they can learn it, so that they can have it come out yeah. of their own hands and just feel that and learn to write that way. Yeah. They go create their own things. I'm not mad at that. But going and publishing that yeah. under yeah. your own And so I got to curse them there because it's not even just that, like, yo, you took someone else's work. But with that, you're taking the shortcut to the destination. Yes. And as a result, everything you do past that point with the destination is going to feel invalid. Yeah. Um, You're never going to have, you're never going to have that validation. You're always going to have imposter syndrome. Yeah. And justifiably, like we can't even say like, oh, he's literally an imposter. He's literally an imposter. And even though everything else since that point is his own work it's not as good and like he can never get to that point and he's just he's got to live with that and so yeah. yeah artists don't do that don't take the like don't take any shortcut really whatever it. it is yeah. taking someone else's work whoever or like something else yeah keep keep going the slow road be the tortoise get the get the metal beat that hair you're good <laughs> and, and like you said and like we talked about earlier uh which he didn't do it what he showed is ultimately he just wanted the destination. Yeah, he didn't exactly. enjoy it. He didn't have passion for the journey. And so, yeah, again, let, let's love the journey. This is great. Or awesome. like, yeah, he might have had passion for the journey, but not like it faltered. 
Because yeah. again, he Not was enough. doing it. He was doing it. But then like he he faltered there. Yeah. And, and we all have points like that where hey, maybe something is tempting at that point, but come on, please be strong. Yeah. Pray, do whatever you gotta do. Yeah. But like, yeah, don't take the shortcut. Wrong. It'll yeah. pay off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Oh, fantastic. Well, this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for for joining us. So before we go, sure. um, what what would you like to plug? What things would you like to plug? You know, your Instagram again or like other projects you're working on that you're coming out okay. with or whatever. How can people get in right touch? Yes, exactly. Yeah. How um, people get in touch with you too. Yeah. Okay. You can find me at uh, www.jpresley.com. Again, Elvis spelled it wrong. It's two S's. <laughs> on social media, uh, whether it's Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, whatever the case may be, um, all my handles are I am JP Presley. Um, Fantastic. And what I would like to plug, um, I will, I will actually um, plug my friend, um, mutual friend of ours, actually, guy we just talked about before the podcast, nice. uh, Deron Mitchell, um, mm. and he's a he's an actor, uh, phenomenal actor. actor. He he was uh, he was into Kill a Mockingbird um, on Broadway before. Wow. Pandemic and everything and yeah, uh, yeah, amazing he's been doing other stuff he and i were just talking and he's doing some he's doing some exciting things um so uh follow him on follow him on uh instagram i believe his handle is like Teron uh japal mitchell if you don't know how to spell that because i'm think i might be blanking on it now <laughs> uh, then just follow me again at imjp presley and then you can go to who i'm following and just type in Deron, hey d-o-r-o-n and you'll get it perfect example of what you're talking about yeah of you have two artists and you're actually helping each other rather than just exceeding that's awesome exactly you used your plug to help a fellow artist that's, that's awesome. so that's so awesome <laughs> and by the way drawn is a an amazing actor yeah. uh i have the privilege to be seeing uh some of the behind the scenes project he's working on and it's just phenomenal so if you are a filmmaker out there look him up uh, and we're awesome. just an actor and want to see great acting watch his stuff Absolutely. Fantastic. And so how can people get in touch with you or us if they are interested in doing so? Well, like I said earlier, uh, first, leave us a review if you like the podcast. Yes. It helps us so much. A share with a friend. If you want to get in touch with us, go to theoverthinkersjournal.com. Learn more about us, live events, and what we're doing, uh, and some posts. And if you want to get in touch with me, go to nathanclarkson.me or search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Joseph? You can find me at josephholmstudios.com or all the socials as well. Well, thank you very much for joining us, JP. Thank you all very much for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. 